I got a great question for both of you. I got a great question for yeah. both of you. So we were talking about the org fields and, and information and the data uh, entering our org fields and then processing that through our intuition. For, for both of you, when's the last time a guy hit on you and you instantly knew your gut feeling was like, mm, no, <laughs> this is not, this is not working. This is not going to work. <laughs> When was the last time? When was the last time? Um, um, but yeah, that's kind of hard. It's putting me on the spot there. I don't know. How about you? How about you? <laughs> <laughs> this is Welcome to another episode of Awaken Now What. I'm your host, JR. And I'm your host, Helen. Awaken Now What is a podcast that illuminates your spiritual awakening and ascension. Our guest today, everyone, is Rebecca Meisel. Let's welcome Rebecca. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for being on our podcast today. Uh, A little bit about yourself. You're a Reiki master and you're the host of the podcast, The Spiritualist, and it's a very, very successful yes. podcast. Uh, I was listening to your very first podcast last night, and it was mm. such a moving, inspirational story. Do you mind sharing with our listeners um, a little bit about your history? Absolutely, absolutely. So I grew up in a small town outside the city, uh, very kind of um, religious background. So grew up in a very Christian home, uh, very black and white viewpoints. Um, so there wasn't a lot of room for growth or expansion unless you kind of fit that specific mold. And so I grew up very, um, I guess you could say, in that kind of box where, you know, only these things were acceptable. There was no wiggle room. This is how you live life. And anything outside of that was very unaccepted. So grew up quite um, sheltered in that. Grew up in a very small kind of bubble for many years. And so that's kind of how I grew up. And so Coming from that background, it was very challenging when I started expanding spiritually and starting to ask questions, um, especially because that just wasn't normal. (laughs) That wasn't normal in my community. Everybody believed the same thing. Um, Everybody I associated with was not open-minded to change or asking questions. And it was very, um, there was a little bit of that shame that kind of came through if you did. So I was like, oh, well, you, you lacked in faith, right? So that was a really challenging background to kind of come from, but it only seemed to spur my motivation to keep searching for more, even when there was those doubts that came in that, oh, it might be wrong, <laughs> right? So that's kind of how my journey kind of started. And then um, as I started kind of growing up and asking those questions for myself, going a little deeper, that's when I just started realizing, okay, there's certain things that just don't seem to resonate with me as a person. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things I'd say was probably the, a lot of beliefs that were kind of structured in conditional love. So doing this and then receiving love, then receiving connection with the universe or with God. And because of that, I felt very cut off for a long time. 
but that just kind of made me want to search more. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how it all began. I don't know how long you want me to go, but yeah. as long as you want, I mean, I can, uh, I can relate. I can relate. I grew up in a strict Catholic household. It was every Sunday, every yeah. Sunday it was church. My mom would wake yeah. my ass up and we would go to church. And if you didn't go to church, you're going to hell. And yeah, I, I didn't have any room to think for myself. And so I completely relate mm -hmm. to that story. That's very for sure. Yes, a hundred percent. It and for us, it was very much a lifestyle. So you know, we had church. It wasn't just Sundays. It was like three days a week. Oh, wow. It was intensive. You had your personal Bible study. So you woke up, you started with your Bible, you went to bed, you listened to recordings of the Bible. Like oh, it was, wow. oh, it was very much ingrained in your lifestyle, and so. There was there wasn't a lot of time really to have a life outside of that. Right. It was your whole kind of life. So mm. that's kind of the background I had. So it was very um, integrated in me. And so when I started to think outside of that box, it was very scary, to be honest. And when I started waking up to a lot of belief systems, like I said, didn't quite resonate. That was very challenging because it just it made me question my whole life and there was a lot of pressure because it was my whole family. My whole family was believing in that structure. And for me to think outside of that was very, um, it could cost me my relationships even with my family for thinking differently. Right. So it was very, very all encompassing lifestyle for sure. That's kind of how it started. And how did you, where did the courage come from to think different, <laughs> stick with what you believe, follow? Did you follow your intuition? Did you follow the energy? Mm -hmm. Tell us about that mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So it happened kind of over time because I had to start, like, to be honest, I had to come to a point in my life where I had to realize something had to give. I was really unhappy. I was getting to be very depressed where I was. I was very open-minded and I found it really hard to meet individuals that I resonated with. So because of that, I really didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of people that I could share myself with. And of course, when you're in that kind of community, it's you can't really be free to be yourself. So what ended up happening, the first inspiration that really got me to finally say, okay, something's got to change was basically that I wanted to meet people of like mind. I wanted to find people I could feel comfortable with. So my solution was to move away. <laughs> so <laughs> what I did initially was move and I moved to a totally new place, totally new um, city away from everybody I knew and tried to start over there with that um, same faith and everything. And that actually led to a lot of change in my life. And it was very interesting when I made the decision to move, how everything just seemed to magically line up. Mm. <laughs> everything just seemed to magically laugh, like all arrows pointing, go, right? And so when I got there, um, I started meeting more people and I started questioning and I started to notice how I was being very drawn to certain individuals, you know, that I worked with or who I'd meet. And of course, those people were supposedly very off limits to me because they weren't the same faith. So there was a whole kind of thing. And that started making me challenge my beliefs because I was like, well, these are good people. Why should I 
you know, fear being friends with other people. Why should I be, you know, then I got the, the wheels turning, right? Like, oh, maybe there are really good people outside of my religious upbringing that I actually want to engage with and who actually have other ideas. And I notice more and more my intuition pulling me to really start engaging with people. And that's what really kind of helped started opening up my mind, helping me understand like what I've been taught might not be exactly what I personally resonate with. And it really started opening up my perceptions there. And then when that started challenging my old beliefs, I'd say that's when that spiritual awakening really happened because it was like, okay, now it's time to question everything. (laughs) Now it's time to really go in to who you are and what you want now that you're away from everybody in your life that you've known. It's like, who are you? When you're by yourself, you have to really go in and start doing that introspective work. And that's what started happening. And as that started progressing, I started trusting myself more. I started feeling more empowered because I was making my own decisions, not influenced by others. And I started really acting on my intuition then and starting to bring more of awareness. And so after all of that, um, my parents visited and then that really challenged me because it was like all my old belief systems, all my past coming to visit. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Ooh, okay. (laughs) Revisiting all of this, all these old structures and the strictness and the limits. And I started realizing just how much I craved that freedom to just be myself and have that acceptance. So from there, um, after they left, I just came to a point where I was like, okay, if I force myself to continue down the same path, I just knew with everything within me, it would, it would literally break me. And I just got to that point where I was like, I just I can't fit in that box anymore. I won't ever be that person that they want me to be and that I should be or I'm required to be by God. And that was basically the the breaking point for me where I was like, okay, so now what? (laughs) Like now I've got to start building my own life, my own belief systems from scratch Mm -hmm. and question everything. So that's kind of how it started. And then it just really grew from there, the more and more. Um, And it did require a lot of inner strength to, to do that. And I constantly had to give myself permission every single day to be myself, regardless of what. And I think that was the defining moment for me was when I looked at myself in the mirror one day to get ready for work, I looked myself in the mirror and I told myself, just for the next 24 hours, I'm going to give myself permission to be myself and to not be Christian Rebecca, not be, you know, what my parents and family wanted. And then that whole day, I magically met like the most amazing individuals at work that just out of the blue started coming out of the woodwork, talking to me about spirituality, talking to me about things I was very uncomfortable with in the past. Mm. And, but I was open and it was amazing to see. And what was interesting is that certain individual I met that day, she had actually never really spoken to me much before. And But she approached me that day and she told me that she had actually belonged to the organization that I did in the past. And she had broken out of that. And she had started living her own life. And she told me exactly what I needed to hear that day. She said, 
Um, basically, she didn't want to disrespect where she came from. She didn't feel hard feelings about where she came from, but she realized there was so much more. And that exactly spoke to my heart because that's how I felt. I was like, how can I shame all my family, all my upbringing? That's just not me. But I know there's more. There's a calling that I want to discover more. And that day it gave me that permission. And that really started helping me recognize the universe was really bringing things together for me. So it was really cool. (laughs) Yeah, really, really cool. That is such an amazing story. And you are the perfect person for this podcast episode. Uh, For the listeners out there, we're talking about intuition. And Rebecca, you followed your intuition throughout that whole phase. And not not only did you follow Mm -hmm. it, you began to develop it through that Mm -hmm. period. Um, so for the listeners out there, what, Rebecca, what is intuition and why is it so important to follow your gut? Absolutely. So intuition for me is that strong inner knowing. So that inner voice or inner compass, Mm -hmm. you might say, that really helps to guide you and make decisions in life. And what I've really realized throughout my journey is it's going to look different for everybody. (laughs) So how you receive your intuition, how it comes through for you, it's going to be very unique. Um, And that's why when I started searching, one of the best things I could do for myself was just go, okay, what feels right to me? Mm. What resonates with me? What feels good? Because intuition isn't always logical, but I started to recognize when I listened to that direction inside, I always ended up going right where I needed to go. And so for me, that development really, really started to trust. And and you do, it requires that radical trust of yourself sometimes to really develop that voice. And sorry, what was the second part of that? (laughs) I just wondered. Um, I think that, I think you answered it. I think you answered it. Oh, did I? Okay. (laughs) I'm like, wait, there's a second part to your question. Sorry, sorry. Um, oh my goodness. I don't know. Over the my past f- five years of b- awakening, I've learned that women are naturally more intuitive than men. So Helen and, and, and Rebecca, I'm going to refer to you. What are great tools to better tune into your intuition? I think tuning in starts with stillness and quietness and i think that you know as we kind of talk on the show sometimes jr about hacking like keeping us busy and the media and the distractions is a way of hacking that stillness and right um, right. in yeah yes 100 percent. i would agree with you 100 percent um for me to develop that it really required me to remove distractions and to really sit with myself Mm -hmm. and sometimes that means You know, a lot of times people say like when they refer to meditating, it's so hard for them because they're so busy in their mind. And one thing that I've really started to accept and realize is that's okay. You know, meditation doesn't have to be an emptying of your brain and your mind and your life. It's like allowing yourself to just be present Mm -hmm. sometimes is enough to help you notice what you're actually feeling and really trusting those emotional messengers too, because I found for myself, my logical brain would really, it was really good at, you know, bypassing those emotions and the intuition. And, and, but the more you start actually giving yourself that time to be present, I find the more you start noticing and becoming aware of that voice and it helps. It really helps. So yeah, I would say stillness, 
meditation. Right. All of those things are very powerful. Right. Even um, we had a podcast with past life. Hang on, I'm going to let my cat out. She's bugging. Yes. <laughs> Aww. No problem. I did I know a lot of meowing. <laughs> they're so picky. I get a kick out of that. Yeah. My cat was the same way back in the day. <laughs> no worries. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. No, that's fine. Picking it back up. Um, we had a podcast interview with a past life regression therapist a few days ago. Ah, and amazing. Yeah, it was, it was a, such a fascinating interview. And before each session, yeah. he puts uh, the, the, the client under hypnosis and he takes them to the theta frequency. And he doesn't go any Ooh. deeper. He, he mentioned that he doesn't go any deeper because he wants them to be kind of conscious and, and awake to, to relay this information, whatever they're receiving. And he made a great point that whenever he takes them into the alpha state or even theta state of the brain, that these people, all of them, 100% of, of his clients, uh, never failed to reach hypnosis. And mm. it, it's under these brainwave frequencies that they are able to access so much information, information from past mm -hmm. lifetimes. And, and when we're talking about intuition, it, it's, it's really just that, like you said, being present, meditating so that you can mm -hmm. access more information within your org field, within uh, your certain environment, whatever you're holding. Every, we know the spiritual based mm -hmm. truth is that all is energy, right? All is energy yes. and all energy, yes. all energy is information. And uh, mm -hmm. Andrew Bartz puts, puts it so greatly that we are, our bodies are data processing machines and whatever enters our auric field, we can absorb through the body and then we can decode and then unpack it through our intuition. And mm -hmm. it's just, we are highly intuitive beings and, and reaching those states of still stillness, um, like, like we were talking about. And I was even thinking about like just anything present drawing, uh, playing guitar, mm -hmm. we can access those alpha mm -hmm. states, those theta states, um, mm -hmm. even exercising, even just that deep state of focus, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And almost surrender too is kind of what I want to say is mm -hmm. the word for me. It's like when you can just let go and whatever helps you do that. And in that state of inspiration, that's when we're more than likely to right. let go right? right? and allow that to just come in and I think that's one of the best things to do if you're wanting to start it's like okay what helps me let go and just let go of control and let things flow so I love that I love the movement aspect mm. I think that's so important too and I think that's why a lot of people I speak to it's like they're like man I always seem to get intuitive hits when I'm in the shower right. or if I'm driving <laughs> right it just comes randomly like, well, at times right it's just like, yes. you're just not even thinking like, yes. exactly what you're not even thinking you're just being and then you're just in the moment. Yeah. And Crazy. it allows. And it's so funny because like a lot of our guides are like, yeah, that's the only time I can reach you when you're not busy. Like it's just like it's so funny. So many of them are like, yeah, like, can you make some time for me, please? Because this is the only time I can get in. I got a great question for both of you. I got a great question for yeah. both of you. So we were talking about the org fields and, and information and the data. Uh entering our org fields and then processing that through our intuition for, for both of you. When's the last time uh, that someone, and it could be like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, or recently mm -hmm. that someone, a guy hit on you and you instantly knew your gut feeling was like, mm, no, <laughs> this is not, this is not working. <laughs> this is not going to work. 
<laughs> when was the last time? When was the last time? Uh, I don't know. I'd say it's more for me with uh, certain uh, individuals. Like, yeah, I'd say it's more friends, mm. actually, or more people that want to work with me. Sometimes you have to, as a practitioner, be diligent about that. Right. Like who's going to, who, who you can actually help and who's ready to do that work. So I'd say it's actually more that for me, I'd say it's more certain individuals. And, um, but yeah, it, you can, you can get that real strong feeling in your gut where it's like, okay, I don't think this is going to be a good fit or this won't resonate. Right? <laughs> this doesn't resonate. doesn't quite resonate here. Um, but yeah, that's kind of hard. It put me on the spot there. I don't know. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. Um, I will, I don't know that it happened directly for me in the most recent memory, but like JR, you know, I was on that matchmaking service. So I know that like hmm. the second match that I got, um, I like complimentary relationships and he was like into Buddhism. He meditated a lot. And so I was like, I felt this like, Oh, we're too similar. Right. Mm. Uh. I knew that it was like, it wouldn't be what I wanted. Mm. But, so that's kind of like the last time I had that kind of like true knowing. Yeah. Right. Yes. In that. Oh, now I've thought of one. Okay. Now I thought okay. of one. Okay. <laughs> that made me think of it. I'm like, wait, okay. Um, so when it was funny when I moved back home, um, so I'd been moved away and I, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to find somebody. So I similarly went on online dating to see if I could just beat people, see if there was a common interest. And, um, so yeah, I met this, this guy and we had very similar morals and very similar like ideas about life. And so I was like, oh, okay. So it's like, okay, well, this is nice. But I realized the more I tried to be like, entertain it and be like okay yeah I want to I want to open up the more my intuition was like no nope. like no don't go there stop trying to open up so the more I tried to force it and be like okay well we lied like on paper we aligned and my intuition was like nope don't go there and it was amazing because I kept trying so I met up with him again because I'm like this has to work like this has to work and the next time we met up it was like this moment I, I looked at him and it hit me it was like why are you trying so hard mm. it's like it's just not there right it's just not there and so my intuition was really strong then and then yeah I made up an excuse and left but <laughs> that was that was it it's just like okay time to go time to right. go yeah right. and it's just it just you're both of your examples show that we are constantly using our intuition on a daily basis on a daily basis. And so it is, I mean, when we step into higher consciousness, as you two have been and are doing, we have kind of a responsibility to keep honing it, to keep sharpening it, to use it to, for our, our advantage, for the greater good. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why this is such an interesting conversation. <laughs> Thank you both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Did you have anything come up like that for yourself? Well, okay. So... Oh, um, I feel like there's a good one. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm building up the momentum here. I'm excited. Uh, you, you turned the tables on me. I see. I did. So I was, I mean, I was huge into dating about four, five years ago. I was like, I think before my awakening, maybe six years ago, I was just like in the dating scene. 
I was out every Friday, Saturday. So I was one of those guys that where the woman was like, mm, I'm not sure about this, dude, but it was super hard. That's fair. <laughs> part of my, my own soul journey. And I actually had, I had, I mean, before that I was, I mean, so in a shell, I, I was so shy. I could not even talk to women. So when I figured out how to talk to women, man, did I, did I take advantage of it? I took advantage of it and I, I want, I had fun and I experienced that part mm -hmm. of my life that I needed to experience because prior to that um, experience, I was just working. It was just five days a week working mm -hmm. weekends. I was just sleeping and that's it. And then come Monday I was working. And so I really enjoyed that part of my life. And I mean, hopefully I don't come off sounding like a, like a douchebag to the listeners, but it was, oh. it was such a, it was such a, a, a significant part of my life and, and I don't regret it. And, mm -hmm. And I learned a lot from it, but mm -hmm. to answer your question, yes, there's this one example. I was at a, at a bar and we were sitting there with, with a few friends and this girl turns to me and she goes, oh my God, can I hit on you? And I looked at her. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard that, heard that from a, from a woman before coming to me. And yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was, it was so, uh, a jarring that I was, I didn't know what to yeah. say. But in my gut, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no You're just like, no, no it's not happening. She was drunk. It's and, not happening. Yeah, she was drunk and, and she yeah. and needed some time to sew her up. But I was like, no, nope. <laughs> not happening. Not happening. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's amazing how, like, it comes through so strong, hey? Right. Like, right. when you're so in strong. those situations. So strong. Yeah. It's right. just like it – and you trust it then. And I think it's because – so many of us too, we're, we're not taught how to work with intuition or understand it. Mm -hmm. And we kind of learn to look everywhere outside of ourselves. But when we're challenged with those situations of life, it makes us like, oh, immediately, I know I trust my feeling about this, right? right? right. So sometimes I think we can actually shut off our intuition during the day or during certain circumstances, it goes on autopilot right. sometimes. Right. I feel some people, or they don't trust it or they don't consciously listen, right? So I think that's a great example because it's like a knee-jerk reaction. No, okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Uh. That's a good question. What advice or tips do you have for building that trust or, re or leaning back into that trust or even... Um, getting back into the saddle with your intuition because you mentioned turning it off throughout the day. Yeah, I think once again, it just, it comes like for me, what really helped me was setting more intentions and having more of an awareness of myself. So um, when we set an intention, even I even find for myself now, I do that every morning. Like what is it that I want to accomplish or be more mindful of? And I found that that is such a simple way to keep that more aware throughout the day, like keep yourself more in that awareness of what you're trying to do. So if you're wanting to build your intuition and listen more to that inner voice, it's like set that intention and also put it out to the universe to help you with it. Because yep. um, one thing I've really learned is we're not responsible to, to learn everything by ourselves. You know, there's so much help that's available if we allow it. And it's like, that's why I love the, the word co-create with the universe because the universe is your friend. It wants to help you get to your highest potential. Mm -hmm. It wants to help you develop that voice. 
So if you give your guides permission to help you and set that intention, you'll be amazed at what starts happening, you know? And I always think of that day when I, I set that intention and things magically seem to change that whole, not one day, <laughs> because I said it to myself, I'm going to do it. So it's like really allowing yourself to really get clear on what it is you're wanting and then bringing that mindfulness to it. And I think when you're conscious of it, it can be a very powerful tool to help you really move that forward in a way that feels good for you. And I think that's the best advice too for people who are just starting out, like what feels good and and don't overanalyze that, lean into that. Oh, okay. Like, you know, in the beginning I was very hesitant about spirituality because I'd heard so much negative about it and how, you know, intuition on all that was like working with demons and the devil. There was so much of that. Right. So for me to start leaning into it was very scary. It was like, who do I trust? How do I know if I can trust the information I'm reading? There was so much fear. And so the next tool that really helped me was, well, what naturally did I feel called to? What naturally felt good and gave me a sensation of love? Because that mm. always is something you can trust. If it's coming from uh, love, right. you know it's right. Mm -hmm. If it's from fear, then maybe not, right? So it's really kind of, that was, I learned over my journey was a big differentiator for me. Was the advice I was getting, what was the inkling I was getting and was it fear-based or love-based? And that really helped me a lot. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The biggest block to our intuition, as you said it, is fear. It's fear. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest block for the listeners out there to your intuition because what it does is it activates your sympathetic nervous system right? Going into fight or flight, uh, sending the stress chemicals out throughout your body so that you aren't present, that you aren't present and you're letting your, your nervous system run the show, inherently blocking that connection to your spirit and your intuition and living in your gut. And you said it so perfectly. So thank you. Um, yeah. what are some of the best or how important is it actually to ground in the body when you are reading and decoding information from your intuition? Oh, super important. <laughs> super important. Um, I find grounding, just as we know, there's so many benefits and studies and so many things that you can go into, but it really just helps you feel more whole in yourself. Right. And I don't know, like when I ground, it's like, it feels like all this energy that was up here mm -hmm. comes down into here. And then it's like, oh, Things don't seem so chaotic. Things don't seem so crazy and scattered. And that's so important because especially when we're trying to listen to our voice and we're not used to that in the beginning, we can get in that like, is that my voice? Mm -hmm. Or is that this, right? Like we just, we do. That's nature of being human. <laughs> we question and the ego comes in, right? right? So being grounded helps you eliminate sometimes a lot of that fear and come centered within your body and feeling your body's energy is just as important because your body gives you a lot of intuitive messages as well. So if you're not present in your body, right. how can you listen to how it's responding? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, your in intuition again yeah. is inherently blocked. Mm -hmm. So many people are traumatized and, and dissociate from their body that they, mm -hmm. they block their own intuition. What are your intuitive advice for people who are traumatized and trying, trying to heal through that to get gain better access into their intuition. 
So that's a really good question. I think sometimes it can be as simple as, well, I want to say make it simple for yourself because a lot of times people can overcomplicate it, especially when they're diving in. And if they've gone through a lot of trauma, it can be really scary, right? It can be intimidating. And so my advice is go slowly, go gently. And once again, listen to what feels good to you because for everybody it's going to be different. But I would say physical movement is a really great way to become more present in your body and also, well, grounding, right? right? So grounding regularly, connecting with earth elements, you know, walking on the beach, the sand, you know, concrete even if you must, you know, grass. All of those things help you bring that naturally in without it feeling like it's an undertaking or without getting in your head about right. it because I feel a lot of us, when we're traumatized, we we have that resistance, right, to going in. So I'd say start slowly, start simply by doing very simple actions that make you more present in the physical. So that, and then of course, um, if you feel called, work with other people to help you, right, to really get that information and guidance as you go through those things and go deeper. Um, but I'd say that would be my first place to start. And then, of course, ask for assistance, you know, ask for help from your guides and your spiritual team, because that honestly, they'll lead you the right way. They'll get you to the people you need. They will show you what's right for you. And that's super helpful when you're starting. For people who aren't like familiar with talking to your guides or inviting your guides in your life, yeah. like you just have regular conversations with them. Do you invoke them? Like, what is the way? To... Yeah. 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 <laughs> for me, I... Once I actually trained in Reiki, once I really started surrendering to my spirituality and my spiritual path, um, it was like it found me because I really was afraid. I had a lot of fear, like as I was telling you, and it was very difficult for me to let go. And I had a huge separation from God and myself because I really grew up with that belief that you couldn't really have a personal connection with him. We were here just to serve and then you can get love from God and then you might have a relationship, but there was never a connection personally. Wow. So with that, I had a huge um, belief system around that. So I, and especially when I left my faith that I grew up with, I felt like they teach you you're severed off. You have no connection to God anymore. So <laughs> crazy. Th that was very difficult, very, very difficult. And so I actually went through about a, a year and a half, I'd say, where I couldn't even think of connecting with God, with Christ, or even talk about any form of spirituality or religion because it was so triggering mm. and it was so hurtful and it just reminded me of my past and how separate I was. And I carried a lot of guilt and shame about what I did, right? Leaving and all of that. So I had to really first start um, kind of working through that shame, I'd say, was the biggest thing. And when I started seeking out outward help and um, Reiki kind of found me that way because I was very scared of it. <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And then a coworker of mine started practicing it. And the more I saw the changes in her, 
I started recognizing how I needed to heal. And I started kind of envying her connection that she started getting. And I was like, oh, well, what if that is possible? You know, and, and I started seeing the synchronicities and I couldn't deny that there was someone or something reaching out to me. And so finally, when I took the plunge and I, I trained in Reiki and I, I did some Reiki and trained in it. After that, that's when I finally gave myself to fully open. And it was like the energy when it came in, I'll never forget it. It was like a piece of me came home mm. is the best way I can put it. I finally came home to myself. I finally felt things that I'd been wanting to feel and felt so disconnected from my whole life. And it was, it was a magical moment. And as I started working with energy work and starting to self-heal through self-reiki, that's when I started all of a sudden getting a connection with my guides because Reiki calmed me enough. It helped me relax enough and surrender enough that I could let them in. Mm, right. <laughs> and I didn't realize that I had been blocking them out mm. because of my belief systems and my fear, right? So when I did self-Reiki, the first time I did it, my grandma came through right away who had passed. Uh. And I had a huge fear of talking to spirits. It was like, that was a huge no-no and something I was terrified of. And then all of a sudden I was having this conversation with her and I'm like, you know, I didn't realize until I finished that I was like, oh my gosh, I just had a conversation with my grandma. I just talked to someone who's dead. Like I was just like, what the heck? Like I didn't even, the awareness didn't even come in that whole time until it happened. And I was like, did I just make that up? Because that's what just happened. And then it started making me realize how it happened so naturally. There was no forcing. There was no fear. There was nothing in me that felt it was wrong. It felt the polar opposite. It felt so right and so natural. And so ever since then, I do connect with them every day. I do spend time really working with my guys. And they, they change up all the time according right. to what you need, right? And that's what's so beautiful is there is this unlimited source that you can tap into and call in. And it's just an amazing experience. It changed my whole life because from going from feeling so cut off to all of a sudden having this free flow of love, of support, it really like it just burst open my heart. And it, it does make me a little emotional because it did. It changed my whole life in such a dramatic way. And that's when I really started learning and realizing I've got to, I've got to keep doing this. Like I've got to help other people do this, like, and recognize that they're so loved, even when they don't realize they are. And that's why I do what I do. <laughs> you know, it's very much to help bring people that awareness. And that's why I share my story. <laughs> Hopefully helps one person. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. so amazing i love it i love your work that's great oh, yeah thank you I appreciate that passion and feel it so yes awesome. yeah and it's it's beautiful and as you guys probably know you know when you get that connection and you meditate and you feel that love it's it's indescribable it really is it's very humbling and amazing <laughs> so mm -hmm. i try to connect as often as i can yeah. <laughs> as often as i can yeah absolutely
and and you proved it. The more you heal, the more it just opens you up to new abilities, mm -hmm. to new horizons, to new insights, to new intuitive abilities. Mm -hmm. And it really, really, yes. I mean, it's so important to self heal and, and you've proved it time and time again. So thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. How important is gut health and diet, um, in developing your intuition? I would say it's very crucial, <laughs> very crucial. Um, one thing that I did prior to my journey is I worked a lot in the natural health industry. So mm -hmm. I did a lot with herbalism and homeopathy and all of that. And I had really done a lot of physical healing. And that's when I started recognizing when I started integrating the spiritual work as well, just how imperative it is to balance both, you know, right. because what really came through for me is, okay, I did all the physical stuff but I was still missing an element. And then when I did all the spiritual and all of the emotional work, I was like, Oh, I can't forget the physical, right? You gotta, you, it all body, mind and soul. Right. So it's very imperative. You know, if you want to also get to those higher frequencies, higher consciousness, elevate your consciousness. It's important. Your body is fueled by highly um, light force foods, right? Mm -hmm. So we're giving our body constant um, energies that help right. continuously elevate that consciousness as well and that frequency. So I'd say that is very important when you're working with intuition is fueling your body and looking after it in a way that really helps you accomplish that. Like staying away from McDonald's processed foods. Um, mm -hmm junk foods, all that stuff really, really inhibits your intuitive knowing abilities. And I used to do 24 hour fasts once a week. And that is, I mean, being hungry, right? is such a, a, a personal experience. Each person experiences hunger such a different way, but you can really test your, mm -hmm. your personal limits when you, when you don't have food. It's like, what am I thinking about? Mm -hmm. what, what am I, what am I encouraged what am I inspired to do rather than eat when all you're thinking about is mm -hmm. when can I get that next meal? When can I get that next, next, uh, piece of pizza, <laughs> but, uh, yes. uh, spiritual hygiene, it's become so significant over the past few years for me. Like every now and then I'll do like a, a, a one day, uh, like a one day fast or, or a juice cleanse, or, or, or I'll do, I'll eat strictly vegetarian for a week. It's just, it's so important into integrating your spiritual life and then also up-leveling in frequency. Um, and then also, you know, exper experimenting, like my diet isn't going to work for Hel Helen's diet or your diet. It, it's all uniquely individual. It's a uniquely individual process. Yes. How about you, Helen? Um, I'm, I have like an up and down journey with food. I think that's probably like where I'm learning the most. Um, you know, I'll go from strict, being so strict on myself and then losing all the pleasure and joy of it Aww. to, um, to also like working with intention, as you shared earlier, Rebecca, mm -hmm. like looking at my food and being like, even if it is chocolate, they are processed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love chips. I love yeah. hello, no chips. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. chips are the worst it's food so you can true. buy at yeah. the grocery store. I love chips though. <laughs> Every time I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we time, all have it. We're human we beings. It. We all have it. And so yeah, we stress yeah, yeah. The, the significance of spiritual hygiene. Yeah, I'll eat the chips. Mm -hmm. Helen knows this. Every time like 
in the beginning when we created this podcast, you bring out chips for me to eat. And I'll eat the whole bag. <laughs> I know. It's it's so easy to do. I always laugh because in Reiki training, um, you actually can learn to Reiki your food. Like you Reiki oh, your food before you right. eat it. And right. it, it raises the vibration yes. and that helps it, you know, set an intention with your food. Right. And uh, I just thought that was so fascinating when I learned it. And I thought, oh, that is so neat. Like you can apply high frequency to everything, right? You can apply your spirituality to anything you really want. And it's, it's really about, I love how you said the intention with your food because that's so true. It's just like, okay. And, and not like, I know from my journey, I've had, like you, Helen, a kind of up and down because, you know, I'd go very strict and, you know, oh, I'd learn all the information like, oh, yeah, this is what I got to do. And then I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I just really need to live my life. Like I need to have I want to be able to go to a restaurant sometimes and just order what I want. And uh, so I guess like my approach now is really learning to also intuitively eat. Right. So it's like listening to your needs. And I think when you become more intuitive and more in your body, the more you start recognizing what it is you not necessarily what you should do, but what you feel called to do and what you are feeling called to eat. And one thing I've been really learning to do is like, how can I pack as much nutrients into my meals as possible? Mm -hmm. So even if I have a little something, I'm still meeting my body's needs. And that's been really helping me is making those small goals that are attainable and that you can actually kind of follow through with. And that's been really helping me even develop my intuition further because I'm more going into how does my body feel? Right. What does it want? And that's how I decide, oh, what meal I'm going to make, right? So that's something I've been doing. It's been very helpful, <laughs> very helpful. Yeah, that was very therapeutic sure. to hear. And I, I needed that yeah. reminder of like nutrient-based foods and yeah. yeah. And it's okay to sometimes indulge. I think that's my mentality anyway, because it's like, we're, we're here to be human too, mm -hmm. you know? Cause I think one big thing is like, I felt for so long that that wasn't okay to be a human being. And now it's like, give yourself permission to be a human sometimes, <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, don't go all overboard, but <laughs> yes, allow yourself humanity. <laughs> oh my goodness. You brought up, uh, Reiki and your food and raising the vibration of it. Mm -hmm. I used to pray to my food um, before I ate dinner or lunch, wow. whatever it may be, and try to raise its vibration. But can you run, uh, uh, give us an example of using Reiki on your yeah. food and uh, kind of a step-by-step -step process so that the listener knows that they can do it themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So even if you've trained in Reiki or if you haven't, I am a strong believer that energy is energy. We can mm -hmm. all utilize energy and it really comes from our intention. So um, I always recommend start with an intention. Okay, I would like this food to be easily digested. I want my body to absorb its nutrients. I want to be able to raise the frequency of my food so it's truly utilized for my highest and greatest good. And I love using that terminology of my highest and greatest good, and you can apply that to anything. So it's like, let me utilize this for my highest and greatest good. Um, so whatever feels good, word it however you like, or say it however you like in your head. And then what I really like to do is to get acquainted with energy is, is kind of create that friction in your hands. So whether, um, so if you're training in Reiki, you would just activate your Reiki. But for those of you who don't do it, you want to create that physical, tangible energy for you to connect it with. Okay. Cause of course, energy is, energy is always there, but this helps you tangibly get it. 
So it's like bring those hands together, rub them quickly together and create that warmth between your hands. And that creates that friction. And if you want to do it, you absolutely can. (laughs) And this is a fun technique I do. It's called the energy ball. Okay. And so what you're going to do is when you feel that heat, I want you to slowly start pulling your hands apart, just very gently. And when you start doing that, you'll actually feel that energy pulling away. And what I love clients to do or anybody to do is just visualize that little ball of energy between your hands, okay? And just see how big you can make it. So if you keep pulling the hands further and further apart, how large of an energy ball can you make, okay? So when you feel you've made that ball good enough and a good size, I want you to try bringing the hands against it, so making it smaller. Do you feel any resistance? (laughs) And this is, right? So then you can kind of go back and go, okay, I'm gonna make it bigger, and now I'm gonna make it smaller. And then you just kind of keep going back and forth, and you start really feeling the energy yourself. And I think that's so crucial when you're starting to work with energy and you want to be aware of it. I'm someone, I need to feel it. I need to actually experience it. So I always get people to start off with this little exercise. Okay. So when it feels good, you can just keep shrinking it down until you're done. And then what I would then do is when you feel that energy tangible, you set again that intention in the front forefront of your mind, and they literally just put your hands over top of whatever it is you want to send that energy to. So whether it's your food, whether it's another individual who needs healing or needs, um, you know, love energy, whatever it is, you know, just set that intention and that actually that energy will go to whatever it is that you're directing it to. And the best way I kind of describe it, it's like, when you go to comfort someone and you have that intention and you give them a hug, they feel that. They feel that love. They feel that um, intention of comfort. So it's, that's exactly what you're doing when you're working with energy work is that's the best way I can explain it. <laughs> it's, it's very much intentional based. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Hopefully that helps. Thank you. That is such <laughs> yeah. a great idea. Yeah. For all Thank you for that. Yeah. So How did it feel for you guys? Did you did you feel it? Yeah. yeah I, felt it like, <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. I was like, yeah. as soon as you said it, I was like, oh. <laughs> there, yeah, it there it is. There it is. There it is. is. Yes. And for me, I really enjoyed the responsiveness. Like you were saying, like, okay, now I tell it you're going to make it small. Okay. Whoa. Now tell it you're going to make it big. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's amazing to know that each of us has this um, ability to do it naturally. Every, Like you said, everything is energy. So why wouldn't we be able to use it or, you know, manipulate it in a way that's good for us? You know, it's it's so important to bring that awareness. And I always say, you know, if, if your heart feels heavy, well, then hold your heart. Hold your heart. Let it intentionally envision that heaviness leaving and you sending that love energy to your heart, you know, all those things, you'll feel it when you actually put your mind to it and you allow yourself to be intentional about working with it. It's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love seeing people try it for the first time because it is, it's like, Oh my God, I feel it. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love it. I love it. Too cute. There's gonna be, there's gonna be a slew of people after hearing this podcast doing that same thing. And then, and then directing yeah. that energy over their so. food. <laughs> yes. Why not? Right? Like I always 
say to people like what's what's the worst that could happen right like, why not try it exactly try it exactly <laughs> because i mean see how it feels for you well, uh, these fast food restaurants you have so many people handling your food right and what's the energy mm -hmm. transference from say the person that works at mcdonald's who's holding your burger and the person mm -hmm. taking care of your fries and then you eat that you eat mm -hmm. all that and say if they're having a shitty day at work you're, you're consuming that energy and so yes it is so important to man such a good tip rebecca such a good tip oh thank you <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad it helps yeah I'm glad I it heard. helps i already yes. feel my relationship with food healing in the moment oh, yeah. me too amazing. me too well, and just another tidbit that just popped in my head um, is when you do the energy ball, if you have a certain issue that you're working on, put the issue into the ball. Just envision the issue into the ball of energy and send it love and light and just do that every day for five minutes and just see how it changes the energy towards the problem or the issue you're facing. Um, and that actually really helps as well because it, it changes the energy and it changes your perspectives of your issues or problems and what you're working on. And so I've done that as well and it, it really does help. <laughs> so maybe try that too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is a great tip, especially if it only takes like five minutes. You know, a lot of the time yeah. you hear tips or hygiene things and it's just like, oh, another thing on top of another yeah. thing. Yes. Like five a, totally sounds like I could do that. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's just so important because I'm a big advocate of that is how can I make this easy? You know, how can I make this easy for myself to do and be attainable and actually do every day? Right. And so it's, it's true. A lot of us want the quick fix and I'm not, that's not what I'm saying, but I am saying when you're building your intuition and you're building up a good relationship with food, it's like it really is keeping those small promises to yourself and not making it a huge deal, right? Like keep it simple, <laughs> keep it simple, and then you'll be able to really actively do it. Um, that's what worked for me anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I appreciate sure. that one. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad. I'm glad it helped. What are other kind of tangible exercises aside from the, from raising your foods vibration that you can do on a daily basis or even weekly basis to further develop your intuitive abilities. Like me and my girlfriend just, um, we did this exercise a few nights ago and it was to wrap, I told her to wrap a certain object in a piece of paper so that I couldn't see it. Ah. When she had it wrapped, I came out into the living room and I sat down on my couch and I went to my center and I it's basically meditating and relaxing the body. And um, for all the listeners out there, you can get your, to your center in many different ways. But for me, it's uh, counting or visualizing the number three, three times, closing my eyes in a, in a meditative state, mm -hmm. visualizing it the number two, three times, and then visualizing the number one, three times going to my oh, center. I like that. Yeah. I was going into my center and I told her I was ready and I stuck out my hand and she placed the people, the, wrapped paper in my hand and I was supposed to, the exercise was to intuit the energy, right? Absorb that energy through my hand. And so I can intuit and figure out what was in this wrapped piece of paper. And I immediately, something came up immediately, immediately. And I dismissed it. I dismissed it because I was like, it can't be, it can't be that easy. It can't be that easy. Yeah. And, and also I didn't trust <laughs> myself. That was the other part. Uh, I didn't trust yeah. it. I didn't trust it. And so I kept sitting there with a piece of paper in my hand, just continuing to, continuing to think. <laughs> like, it can't be that easy. It can't be that easy. Yeah. 
three minutes go by. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm just going to say it. And I asked her and her, her job during this whole thing was to validate my responses or tell me that I was incorrect. And I said, all right, is it a crystal? And there's a little silence. And she said, that is correct. Keep going. <laughs> and, I, and then I was like, okay, so fuck, it is a crystal. And then I just continued to describe uh, what the crystal was colored, colored like. Oh. I was like, there's black specks on it. it it's it's white-ish and there's black spe specks on it. And she goes, that is correct. Keep going. And at that point, I was like, all right, let's, wow. let's just figure out what it is. And it was a little line <laughs> crystal I had bought months ago, months ago. And that's just such a great, such a great intuitive technique, mm -hmm. just into it, the energy from that rat, rat paper, absorbing it into your body and feeding that energy up into your, your entire being so that you, you can actually decipher what that object is. And very cool for my girlfriend tried it and she, she, she got frustrated. She got frustrated. So for the listeners out there who try this, please do not get frustrated. My girlfriend started crying and I was like, Oh no, don't cry. Oh, <laughs> like, like it's, I didn't try to make it competitive at all, at all. I, I wasn't even joking yeah. about it, but she just got really frustrated with the process. So for, for all those listening out there, be patient with, with yourself and learn from me. Trust yourself. Trust your intuition because I didn't trust myself when, I, at, when it started, but uh, I ended up being accurate. So <laughs> good exercise. There you go. <laughs> That's amazing. That's right? a super fun exercise. I'm going to have to try that one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I find like one of my favorite ways of like developing intuition and, and trusting myself really comes with a few little things. So when I was first starting, um, I was working with my Reiki master and she told me, she's like, you know what? I really think you need to start opening up your spiritual gifts. And she's like, I really see you being very, um, like having a strong inner knowing and, and she started telling me like, you're getting a lot through your thoughts. And she's like, that's why sometimes you'll just know to do something or you'll know what to say. She's like, cause a lot of times, and I was, I was getting a lot of thought-based intuition and, um, she's like, try writing it all down and just see what you get. And so I actually started off sessions that way where I would, do their Reiki over distance because I was terrified of actually doing them in person. <laughs> I was very shy. Mm. And so I was like, I'm just going to do distance sessions. So that's how I started is just distance Reiki. And, but while I was doing the Reiki, I was receiving a lot of messages, but I had no way to tell if they were accurate <laughs> at all. And so I had to really just surrender to it. And so as I practiced, um, I actually just started intuitively writing. So I'd intuitively just start writing whatever I saw, whatever I thought, whatever visuals I'd get, whatever it was that started coming through. And I just wrote it all down. And when I was first practicing, before I even charged anybody, it was just doing people I kind of knew and then some strangers who were open to practicing with me. And I sent them an email with whatever I wrote. And it was really interesting to see how every single time it was accurate and every uh, single time it was exactly what they needed to hear. And for me, I was like, I'm literally just making stuff up in my own head. That's what it felt like. <laughs> it felt like, you know, I was totally <laughs> unsure. And I'm like, I have no idea if this is going to resonate. I have no idea if this is going to be personal. And, um, 
one of the first sessions I did was for a lady her husband just passed and I didn't know. And so when I did the reading, he came up and he was in his full baseball attire. Like he literally had like old school baseball, like everything. And he kept showing me kids and all of that. And so I kept writing these details down and he was like swinging the bat being funny, kind of like, oh. <laughs> like swinging. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to resonate for this person. And so I sent the email and I'm like, please, hopefully she doesn't think I'm crazy. But it was her husband who recently passed and she said he coached Little League for a really long time. And so he would be goofy and he'd always do those kind of things, right? But I found that tool of writing really helpful because it got me out of my logical brain and it actually distracted me enough to focus on what I was intuitively getting. So that was a tool that I still use. I use a lot of um, journaling, writing, automatic writing. That has been an amazing tool for me. And then going back and just going, okay, how does this resonate can be really amazing sometimes, even when you don't fully have that trust of self yet. Um, just give yourself that intention that you're going to let it flow and just see what comes through. And you might be surprised. You might actually get the exact advice you needed. And you could be like, oh, wow, I did that. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> so I found that a very useful tool for helping um, intuition and building that self-trust as well is actually just writing. It's very simple, very easy. <laughs> That's so That's cool. Great. So you're just writing? Intuitive writing, you're just mm-hmm. writing whatever comes to yeah. mind? Yeah. So I do, um, the best way I can kind of describe it is, so it's called automatic writing. So basically when you're allowing your um, guides to give you their messages or to receive your intuitive messages and you set that intention beforehand and then you just start writing whatever comes to your mind, whatever comes up. Like you literally just write it anyway. Don't judge it, just write it. And that's what really helped me because it really helped me develop that confidence when it was correct. Right. And it was always correct. And that was what was mind blowing. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, this is my own advice. I needed that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. or the, like this is what I needed, or this is what this person needed. And so I find writing such a beautiful way of really connecting even with your own voice mm-hmm. and can help you really unpack what you're feeling or what your brain's really focusing on. And it helps you really get to the depth of what you're dealing with or what you're needing to go deeper into. So that's definitely something that I still use. Um, I do a lot of um, energy updates. So they're, they're basically readings for the collective energies for the week ahead. So every week, that's what I do. I'll just sit down with my guys and I just write down whatever it is that they want to tell us for the week. And then I do the recording. So every Monday I do that and then put that out on YouTube. So you kind of have an idea of what the themes are for the week or what to prepare for or what resonates with you. So it's fun. And I I love doing that that way. (laughs) It's really great. That is so cool. It's really cool. I'm going to try that one too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's really helpful. I really recommend it. How about you, Helen? Do you have any tips you do? For tuning into our intuition, um, I do set, like before I go to bed, because you know that's like the 4D, right? I set the intention that I want to commune with my higher self. So that's a way like every night I'm like reaffirming that intention. And then... What is another way? Um, the I mean, the breath work that I practice 
Um, mm. After we do the breath work, there's like a meditative part. And I really feel there's like an ego dissolution in there. And I feel like that's mm. like direct connection to um, the divine intuition. And so those are the ways that I make sure that I get in and have the connections. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I, I like to do intentions at night too. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful. It's, and do you find like your dreams get way more lucid and way more active? Oh my, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you get all your messages at night while you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's a super helpful tool too. I love that you brought that up. That's perfect. Yeah. That's super good. So there is a jar of uh, salt under my bed. I used to sleep with um, a plastic bag full of salt uh, under my pillow because yeah. uh, salt neutralizes negative energies. Mm -hmm. And two years ago, when I first started sleeping with salt under my pillow, my dreams got fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking weird. Uh, so weird. I'm still trying yeah. to, to decipher the meaning of uh, salt and weird dreams. But uh, yeah. there, there's definitely some connection there. It's just really fucking weird. Anyways, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, salt is super powerful. That's that's so important for me. I just it's like it's weird. Every day I have to have like a salt, salt bath, bath because it really helps me decompress. And I actually found it very grounding for me as well. So I find water very grounding. And so I find a hot bath with salt. Oh, if you're ever dealing with negative energy, that's the way to go. <laughs> it really exactly. helps me. It's like literally every day I'm in there. <laughs> so yeah. in there. Oh, it's wonderful. It works miracles. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, such a rich episode of stuff for the listeners to try. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely getting up those tips, hey? Yeah. <laughs> I love it, though. It's fun. Yeah. It oh is really good. fun. Yeah, you guys have dropped yeah. some knowledge and wisdom today. So, wow, what an amazing episode. Thank you, Rebecca. You're yeah. so welcome. Thank you. I've been so honored to be here. So, thank you for having me. <laughs> This is the now what portion of our episode. So Rebecca, you've given us so much to think about, so much to try um, in this section. What would you, like, what is your heart's message for, like, after you've wakened to your intuition and now you're living it from it more? What would you like to say? Oh, um, for our listeners? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, Essentially, one of my biggest messages is to stay true to yourself, regardless of what the journey brings. Give yourself that time to really listen to your heart and to listen to those messages, because I feel like that has been one of the biggest game changers for me. And just to know that you are loved and you are never alone. I think that's one of my biggest messages and callings when I work with people is to make sure you feel that because you really are and to connect to that and know that each of you does have that ability, you have that divine right to connect and to know you can. Even if you feel it's hard or challenging or scary, you know, don't let the fear thwart you from your calling and to really just allow yourself to surrender to your journey because it is so beautiful when you let it be. <laughs> so I guess that's what I want to say. Aww, so beautiful. So lovely. Thank you, guys. <laughs> um, where can the listeners find you? Ah, so you can find me on my Instagram or social media under Sacred Reiki Healing or my name, Rebecca Meisel, and my website, RebeccaMeisel.com. I'll make sure to put all that info in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Rebecca Meisel. <laughs> 
thank you. Thank you. And the lovely Jade Helen. <laughs> thank you guys thank so you. much for doing what you do. It's so appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Aww, thank you. Yes. If you like this episode, please subscribe. I'm JR. And I'm Helen. Check us out on Discord so we can hear how you did with all of the tips from this episode on intuition. Yes. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Peace. Till next time.